Hello and welcome to this Taking Off podcast. I'm Dan Milliken, and today we're going to be going into our library archives, and we're going to bring you one of my favorite In the Hangar episodes in which we had Charlotte Wright and Brad Stanford, Charlotte from the Cleburne Municipal Airport and Brad from the Dublin, uh, Texas Airport. And we talked about small airports FBOs and everything that goes into that, and one of the most interesting talks that we've ever had. So, without further ado, um, we're going to go to that, and I hope you enjoy. How safe are your airports from closing? We're going to find out today in the hangar. Welcome to In The Hangar, I'm Christy Wong. And I'm Dan Milliken, and this episode is sponsored by our friends at Wingfield Aviation that offer the best in transparency and service for your aircraft maintenance. We are here today with a couple of airport managers. Now, the first question I have is, why do we care? Why do we care? Why do we we care care? about airport managers? Well, um, GA, our small airports, are the backbone of the GA community. They are. And if they disappear, we're in big trouble. So here with us are a couple of airport managers, and I want to introduce you guys now. So, uh, Brad, you're with uh, – tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're at. So I'm Brad Stanford. Uh, I'm at Dublin Municipal Airport, Niner Foxtrot Zero. And uh, I've been there about two and a half years now, and uh, in July it'll be three years. And I am in this conversation learning, (laughs) really. And let me introduce you, Charlotte. uh, Tell us a little (laughs) bit about yourself and what you do. Well, I'm Charlotte. I'm the airport manager for the Cleburne Regional Airport. And I have been an airport manager for 18 years. Wow. This is my third airport. I've been gradually going up. Uh, My first airport was in LaGrange, my hometown where I grew up. And then I went to Brownwood, and now I'm in Cleburne. Okay. All right, good. So, um, and then the elephant in the room is our bottles on the uh, table here. Yeah, this isn't beer. No. So, (laughs) Dublin Airport is home for Dublin, Texas, which is very famous for a brand that we won't mention um, and a story that we won't talk about. But uh, they had the best version of this uh, soft drink, and uh, and now they have their own version. Right. We have about 15 flavors now, three of which are represented here, and... uh, so we're we're very happy with these. The root beer is our is our number one seller. And oh, so we do have beer. Yeah, yes, <laughs> but of root beer. beer of the root, root is what yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So um, okay, so let's let's jump into this. Yeah. Um, air. We're going to be talking about airports, but let's define exactly what we're talking about because you have all sorts. You have everything from DFW to all the way down to you know Dublin. Um, tell me, what are the different levels of airports? <laughs> Well, uh, Dublin, being your typical small-town airport, we have a a city that, like most small towns, um, their finances are tight. And so you don't get to throw money at airports every time you want to. It's more about, can we maintain this thing? Can we live up to the promise that we have to live up to just to keep it open sometimes? You know, it depends on the year and what's going on. So that's our end of the spectrum. Then I would say Cleburne is where on the scale? Uh, we're at well, the regional airport, and we're just below a reliever. You know, Addison and Arlington, they're considered reliever airports. Reliever airports. I've never yes. heard that Yeah, term. talk to me and about that. And they're getting ready to change. The, the FAA likes to 
change things on us, just like for pilots, they do the same thing to us. Yeah. No. Even change how the airports are laid out. That's why you see things disappear and come back in another direction. But uh, the the reliever airports, they help with the the corporate flow okay. when, say, Meacham is overloaded or Love is overloaded okay. and they can go to the other airports or they yeah. help keep them out of Love and where it kind of slows things down for the, the big guys. So they'll, the like Arlington, when the big, the games are going, you know, they'll have tons of large jets out there for okay. people flying in. And that would be considered a reliever. Yes, Arlington. they're a reliever and so is uh, Addison. <clears throat> Okay, so with small municipal airports, mm -hmm. then you step up to like relievers, and then you've got the big guys. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, y y Dublin, you guys were closed for a long time, or, or inactive, or whatever you'd yeah, call we, it. We were inactive. There was, uh, and this is this is probably one thing we need to get into a little bit. This was uh, many, many years ago. Uh, there was a dust-up between that particular city manager and the pilots, and the pilots just said, well, we won't be here then. Some, some went and made their own strips out in the country. Some went over to Stephenville. And so that had a long time ripple effect. Even after that scenario was over, everyone had stopped thinking about the airport. And so it didn't come back on its own. What, you know. what happened to that airport in, in the meantime? Did just grass grow or did they try to bulldoze it and build new? Uh, what, what happened? Yeah, so, so grass did grow. When I got there, um, it was it was pretty tall. I have pictures of the grass, you know, on the runway that we had to go out and spray, and it took us a while to get that taken care of and under control. And the ramp was the same way, um, and uh, and so when uh, when when we got back to the airport, there was just a lot of extra maintenance to do now that you had to spend money on that you wouldn't have had to had you been maintaining it the whole time. And I kept driving by this empty airport, and. Uh, and, you know, it's like God's voice was just saying, go check out the building. And I'm like, I don't need another thing to do. Um, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he said, just shut up and do it. <laughs> so, I, so I went. Build and, it and they will come. <laughs> and at that time, at that time, the city was trying to figure out what they're going to do with this airport. And they were looking at putting in a trucking school out there. Oh. Yeah. And thankfully, one of our council members at the time uh, did his research and found out another Texas airport. I don't remember which one had done that. Of course, it totally ruined their runway, and uh, and they had to close the airport. So they said, "Well, we we can't do that." So I said, "Can can I please maybe try? I I have no experience. I'm just really excited." And uh, they said, "Why not? <laughs> let's let's try this thing." And so um, I started. Uh, that's when I started uh, hitting the NTA page and 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 all of the other pages out there that I could to say, "Hey, we're open. Come visit us. Come talk to me. Let me find out." what we need to do. And so I started talking to pilots, what do you guys need? And, uh, and learning the ropes. So that's, that's how we got to that place of opening the airport again. It was just uh, the city needed it, I needed it, let's do a deal. That's awesome. Okay, so I wanna talk about the difference though between an airport manager and an FBO or a yes. fixed base operation. Yes. Because that, I think there's a lot of confusion out there. People think that you guys are an FBO or, or mm -hmm. vice versa. So can we talk about that a little bit? Well, we are. The, okay. the city owns and operates the FBO on the field as far as fueling. We do not do maintenance. 
but we do have maintenance on the field. Right. Uh, that was one thing for me, because I came from the 135 side. Hmm. Um, I had married a pilot, helped him build his career, and I picked up one in the process. So that's how I came into aviation, and I love it. I'm not a pilot, but I love everything about it. I could not see myself doing anything else. But when I was in the private sector, such as y'all as pilots, I thought, you know, didn't understand how cities worked. And I ended up, thought I'd round out the resume when I moved home to my hometown and become the part-time airport manager. No such thing as a part-time <laughs> airport manager. That's and true. they didn't even have the fuel. It was a, a private individual had the fuel. And, uh, but, you know, promoting, trying to get out there. Because LaGrange is like Dublin. Well, I guess it's a little bigger than Dublin as far Probably. as the <laughs> size of town and airport. But anyway, the FBO, for us, that's how we get some of our money to take care of the airport is by selling fuel. And we provide the fueling services. We have, you know, oil and, of course, free popcorn and water for when you come in. <laughs> and uh, some of the flight schools work out uh, with us. And that, that is part of our income. And if there, when I started, there was another FBO on the field who had previously been the airport manager. So I came into all kinds of fun. Oh, when wow. I, you know, you think you have drama, but it's it's just like we had. Um, so we had two FBOs for a short time on the field, and then that one went away, and we we're in charge of it. I try to keep my prices. Uh, competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a reputation for that. And so it's just what I do to get people in, to get the volumes up, because that's what the city's looking at. They're looking at volumes and making sure that we have uh, people coming in and coming to see us. You, you know, you mentioned the the fuel prices is probably out mm -hmm. there the number one thing that pilots are probably thinking, GA pilots are thinking about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, gosh, you should be offering it for free, you know, what, um, or, <laughs> or, you know, a lot not? less. Okay, do you want to end up paying some kind of an additional tax on your fuel? So, you know, that Texas is one of the few states that does not have a fuel tax that helps pay for airports. Mm -hmm. And there's been some talk in the legislature about doing that uh, to help fund us, you know, mm -hmm. because it's it's hard. We have 9010 money from the FAA. What's what's that? It is grant money that they pay 90 percent. I pay 10 percent. So the city pays 10 percent of five million dollars for a project that we have to do. I have a pavement project coming up that is well over five million dollars. Cleburne can't afford to pay that just for the airport when they've got their streets to take care of. See, you have to look at when the municipality owns the airport, they have the other stuff that, yes, pilots are very important to us, especially for me, because, you know, job security and everything, and I love it. <laughs> but the city has 30,000 people. They're not all pilots. So they have to look at what, they, what the citizens need, too. Okay, that's my next question. How do the municipal airports make money, then? Fuel sales and hangar rentals. That's it. Do you and have any state or federal money coming into Cleburne because of your size and for programs? So only thing I have is the ramp grant the ramp and grant. and then CIP money. Okay. Which is uh, um, capital.
capital improvement program with the FAA, and we're a block grant state, so TxDOT manages that money, and they yep. decide who gets the projects. So if you have a, a runway project, you should be counted first, and because it, it goes from the runway out. So basically, think the center line out. If you see a place that has a great runway and an awful ramp, well, they didn't qualify because somebody else had a runway. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they're going to work on it to get their ramp done. And this time, this time <clears throat> we get some of that money. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a 1.3 million dollar project coming up, which means that a city the size of Dublin has to put in 130,000, and that's not going to sewers, and that's not going to sidewalks, it's not going to infrastructure. So, um, we, you know, it's it's tough for a city to decide that. At the same time, the city's going, yeah, but it's 1.3 million dollars. So why would we skip out on that mm -hmm. and not? But the, your citizens, citizens are citizen. Citizenry. The citizens of the town, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, they they may not agree with that. Right. And so because sometimes not everybody's the pilot. Right. You're right. Sometimes <clears throat> there's the rub when you're reelected for city council. You know, you you may want to campaign against an airport. You may not be a friend of the airport once you get into office. And it and it sometimes politics plays into this money. You know. So in addition, though, to the improvements, the runway, the sidewalks, airports have daily, weekly, monthly expenses. Mm -hmm. Sure. that you have to find a way to pay for. Right. And that's where that money goes to. Correct. Because you don't work for free. No. <laughs> the, and I, I did for two years. Oh, you did? <laughs> I, wow. I, yeah, I'm a software developer as, as for trade. So I went out there into that airport office and just did my work out there, and I still do. Uh, and I get a little bit from the city, but it's incredible. I but, did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, you have, to, you have to start somewhere. And the city, you know, when you're doing city budgets, you're planning five years in advance. You can't just walk in and say, where's my airport money? Because, we, well, we didn't plan it five years ago, so there isn't any. So somebody has to start this ball rolling. And I mean, this whole community is full of people that love aviation. I'm not the only one that has given my heart and soul to, to something with wings. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I was going to say. <laughs> you know, it, it, it may sound surprising, but I'm, I'm inspired by the guys that have gone before me to keep this, the, the GA family alive. And know. how much are the sodas that you sell? So when you go into Dublin, if you're a pilot or a passenger, we have a fridge waiting for you, and you just take one, whether I'm there or not. Oh, the fridge awesome. is there. So the soda's free. The soda's free. Yeah. Now. Uh, so there is free something. Th there is free something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we also have little payday bars because Dublin uh, is the place where all of the payday peanuts are roasted. So. So we say that they're free. You know, obviously we're like, oh, it's free. It's free for me if I go in. But is it really free because you guys are actually? Paying yes. to manufacture these. So, so one of two things happens: either I'm buying cases on sometimes, or uh, Dublin Bottling Works will donate to us, and they do that a lot. Okay. They do that a lot, so we are very thankful <laughs> for them believing in the airport. All right. So, so you you took a jump here. You you volunteered basically. Yeah. You've gone out there. You've done the work. How how is it going? Okay. So what I learned was that it takes three things. It takes fuel presence and something to do. That's the formula for pilots to show up. And so I started on fuel. I started asking, how am I going to do this fuel thing? So if you look at a brand new card reader, uh, $15,000. Wow. And then you got to buy your first load of fuel. You got to buy your fuel tank if you don't have one. So right off the bat, you're looking at all this money. And uh, the... Uh, oh, I can't remember her name. The lady that sells, uh, her and her husband sell Bushcat kit planes. She, she happened to pipe up on one of the, the lists and said, hey, why don't you call Swift and see, see if they'll help you. And uh, come to find out, Chris DaCosta, the CEO of Swift, is from Texas. And he had no fuel in Texas. You know, here we are in oil state and he's got nothing. And so uh, his family was always like, hey, when are you getting fuel in Texas? So uh, 
He said, you know what, I want my fuel there. And I said, great, I need fuel, what can you do? He said, why don't we put fuel on the field and, and we'll just do a consignment. And, oh my. And, uh, and I said, that is fantastic, thank you very much. He gave us the trailer that they used at Oshkosh. Oh, wow. That had the filter and the meter on it. And so um, we're using Swift's equipment to do this and, and the money is going straight to them. And our trade-off is we want pilots to come into town and spend money in town. So we're keeping that fuel price low to be attractive because we're out of the way. Uh, we don't have maintenance on the field. We got to have something to bring pilots in. And so I said, all right, we'll just run, run fuel for cost, basically. So I'm, I'm out there running the trailer and, and you know, volunteering again, but it's worth it. And we see all sorts of pilots coming in to have fun. Are you seeing a growth in numbers? Uh, y yes. It's, um, it's uh, I tell people we're a ski resort. When the weather's right, we have pilots. And it's because of our distance that makes that a challenge. It's easier to just stay in the pattern when the weather's kind of iffy then come down and visit us. And we're also having the conversation on the town side of, hey, if you have something spectacular to do, they will come. You know, look at Stephenville and Hard Eight is right there within walking distance. Pilots show up there every week. Do you yeah. have a good restaurant? We have many good restaurants. Uh, our, our claim to fame there is Granny Clark's downtown. Okay. And, I, and I tell people, if you're looking for carbs and calories, <laughs> That is, that is the place to go. It is traditional Texas fare. I have not been hearing that on, on all the conversations for $100 hamburger. No. So oh. we need to get the word out then okay. because, uh, yeah. Is it, how easy is it to get from the airport to Granny right. Clark? Yeah, so we have a courtesy car, and, and I have been known to be taxi as well. If you enjoy a 1998 Rover experience, then uh, I'll drive you into town like that if, if that's available. And I, I have drive a Crown Vic. I don't care. <laughs> well, like. that's, what, that's what we have. That's we, we have the do. old Crown Vic. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> the real pilot. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Most pilots look at the car and say, oh yeah, I know what to do. Yeah. So what about Cleburne? Do you guys have airport cars? Yes, and we have. Well, we had four. Now we're down to three because, you know, <laughs> one kind of died. Oh, but I'm okay. working on it. Uh, we have uh, two Crown, uh, well, we have two Crown Vicks, one still in the shop, and two Tahoes. One that oh, has, wow. I didn't know you had Tahoe. Wow. Well, no, I know we're they're, they're, they're not wow. nice. No, they're, they're, um, I've driven one of your convicts before. Yeah, it's like, woohoo. You know? yeah. But just the, like any other. Yeah. But it's yeah. a freak. I mean, yeah. you know, it's free, free to pilot's courtesy car. That's still, that's amazing. And what's funny is when pilots get in the, the one Tahoe that has the lights that we use for the runway inspections, <clears throat> sometimes they come back with them still going. Pilots will be pilots. Oh, look, a switch. Yeah. <laughs> and the button what right is there. That? Yeah, so, but yes, we have three and uh, a lot of places to eat too. And Cleburne is actually getting new places in town on the square. We have a lot of, the uh, city has incentives now for the businesses to, to refurbish and brighten up things, you know, and so with the, the things that I plan, like we have our pancake breakfast this weekend coming up. Uh, we do one on every fifth Saturday. So okay. if the weather's nice and it's not freezing, well, if it's cold, I'm still out there. You know, I have yeah, my yeah. car hearts, yeah. you know, I get them on and I get out there, but <laughs> if um, uh, it's nice, we'll have a wonderful, wonderful turnout with our fly-ins. My first airport's when I learned how to do fly-ins. And it was so funny when I came to Cleburne because they had had a fly-in and I think they had like 15 or 20 pilots show up. Well, I have a list of people that have followed me for the past 18 years. So I email out to everybody and you have a sign-in sheet 
for people to sign in to and give their email address. So it's grown. I have over 500 or so people. And my first fly-in, it had beautiful weather, and we had like 40 airplanes, and Gayla was all excited. She's my front desk clerk. And I was like, oh, well, okay. I was used to 60 to 80, you know? And I was like, well, it's okay, you know? But then I realized that they didn't really have a lot of promotion in Cleburne until I had gotten there. And so I do my best with field trips and kids, and I go out and I talk to the different uh, groups like uh, Rotary Club mm -hmm. and Lions Club and all that. You have to go out there and promote the airport and yep. get them to understand what you mean to the community. Because if you're not friendly to the community, the community will not be friendly to you. Mm -hmm. And so we have, and the other thing that I preach a lot is the airport is not, they, they like to call it the rich man's playground. Yep. That is what the people mm. in town call it. Wow. And I said, I'm you, poor because I own an airplane. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I told him, I said, if you can afford to buy your dually, you can have an airplane. Yeah. Right. You know, these yes. ranchers and stuff, you could have an airplane. You might not have a Learjet, but you can have a nice airplane. Mm -hmm. And I, so I like to tell him that the airport is a businessman's tool that yep. they come in here. We have McCoy's and Walmart and Discount Tire, and they all use us. They come in and they go check on their stores. HEB loves us, you know, First Financial Bank. They all come in, check on everything, and then they leave. We have more people coming in to look to come to Cleburne. Yep. So you just have to make sure that you, we're the welcome mat to the city. So we have to put our first, the best face forward. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna talk to you guys about the extreme. What happens if pilots don't come? <laughs> um, well, I don't know about you. I mean, that, that tells me to kick marketing into gear, really. I mean, that's, it's not a panic moment. It's just, oh. Uh, and, and even right now, we're kind of, uh, we've leveled off. I haven't promoted as much. I kind of did a big push, and then I've kind of backed off to see where we are uh, by ourselves. And, and that marketing message has to be pretty, pretty consistent because there are so many options out there. Um, there are guys that I have that have done the, uh, the other beverage that we won't mention. They did that run for years and now they're coming in for the red cola, which is our, as, as close as we are allowed to get. Right. <laughs> and, and they're doing those runs, but I've noticed now, oh, I haven't seen you in three, four months. I need to, I need to hit it again. And so when pilots don't show up, um, it's just like any other business. I mean, how many zero days can you stand before you have to do something drastic. And drastic for us isn't going to be a closure. Uh, I would say uh, the threat of closure or the threat of, of trouble comes from your relationship with the city council. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, the piece from Redbird a while back when he closed down the FBO down there, uh, but he mentioned uh, when he signed the papers, he didn't expect, he wasn't thinking about a different city council is going to be sitting in place later. And so that relationship constantly has to be, has to be uh, nurtured. And so if you don't do the interface with the city, interface with your, your citizens, and interface with the pilots constantly, then you're, you're going to miss something. Your, your airport's going to get less traffic, and you're going to have less revenue, and now you're going to get grass growing again. Well, I guess one big takeaway for me is that as I think about this, you know, I really want you in Dublin to be successful. I, I really want Cleburne to be successful. And I think that as a pilot, as I'm looking at, you know, I, I pull up for flight and I look at to see who's got the cheap aft gas and I go to Bridgeport or I go to here or there just to fill up. And I think I need to think in terms of, you know, supporting you guys, not just 
what's the lowest price. And um, I mean, it's important to price shop. And, and, uh, but, you know, you, you get all up in arms. I do as a pilot about, oh, I fuel prices. But really, you know, we're supporting you guys. We're, we're, we're building a community. We're helping each other out. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a, a different way to think about it for me personally. And uh, that's my big takeaway here. If I wanted to, if, if I had to make my living on just fuel sales, I probably wouldn't do it for less than $7 a gallon out there, <laughs> you know, really, right. because, because of our distance and the volume, the volume, I, the volume is low mm-hmm. because of our distance. And so that I would have to price it there. At the same time, when I was researching fuel, I learned from the car industry, you don't put in just a gas station. The gas station is a loss, always a loss leader to get people into a store of some kind. Ah. And so they, they already have that formula worked out. And so for us, we think of fuel as a business, and r- really it's not by itself. That's, it's a tough business if you're it's trying to It's a loss leader. It is. So, um, you know, also we've had like Martin Polly on here who's from Europe originally, and we talked about like how I didn't realize how good we have it for <laughs> GA here. Yes. You know, we, we start complaining about, oh, my gosh, you know, five bucks a gallon, you know, it, they're paying nine. Yes. Right like a now. liter. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and so it is much worse over there. So I think that we as pilots, we love to complain, but we need to complain less about this and just, you know, have a different mindset. Absolutely. So... Okay, um, we still have tons of, of, of things here we could go to, but what I'd like to do is let's open it up yeah, for questions from the audience. So, um, Matt, if you can go ahead and hop on up. and Who has a question here? All right, we'll start right here. Say your name and your question. Hi, I'm John Chrisman. Uh, my question is, do either one of your local communities put money into your airports, or are they pushing that it has to be self-sustaining? They put money in the airport through the yeah. general fund. Any money that is raised at the airport has to stay at the airport. So I have all my fuel sales come into the airport's coffers, but they have to subsidize me with the general fund at this time. There are other airports that are self-sustaining, but they have higher traffic, you know, larger reliever airports. But to Brad's point, like he was saying earlier, you have to show the city that there is a need for you to get that money so that you can obtain it. So it's not just as simple as, oh, we get an allowance. Mm-hmm. You actually have to work for that money. Right. Well, my, my question then to, to follow up on that, would you say that most of these small municipal airports are not self-sustaining and are right. subsidized by the cities? Absolutely. Yes. Okay, that's important to I know. Would, I would be surprised to find a self-sustaining airport, quite honestly, at this point. Mm-hmm. At, at the municipal level? At the municipal level, right. yeah. Okay, um, at what level do they become Self-sustaining, the uh, DFW, the fund DFW. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Well, you know, and it, even like the, the relievers are the relievers, pretty much. You know, because they have more traffic, they yes. have more businesses, they have, you know, higher hangar rates. You know, the 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 thing is, they have more hangers. I think I have sixty uh, T hangers. You know, Shut at up. the airport. <laughs> and, what, do you, what do you have, Brad? We have a total of ten, I think. <laughs> two, one, two, two of those are, well, most of them are privately owned, actually, and we're working on on getting those back. The city has a couple, so. Uh, is it is it safe to say that the airports that do have the lower fuel costs, like the Bridgeports and the Shermans and whatnot? <clears throat> Because they have either no or very few airport employees, 
because they don't, they're like no frills. I mean, Bridgeport's great. I love going there, mm -hmm. but you walk in, it's a building with restrooms, but I mean, it's no frills. That's it. There's they, no, they bought popcorn. They oh, no. bought, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, they, they've got an old. But they got great fuel prices. They yeah. have a courtesy car mm -hmm. that they leave there. They expect the pilots to fill up when mm -hmm. they're done, but I mean, that's it. There is nobody there. That, that's a great way to keep costs down. Yeah, exactly. So that's how they're <laughs> keeping their fuel costs down. Or to have volunteers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, and there are a lot of municipal airports that the the city manager or the parks director, they're the manager. They, they oversee the airport. So they right. send a guy out there to mow and weed eat. That's it. Okay, know. so if, if municipal airports are not self-sustaining and are subsidized by the city, would you also then say very few of the municipal airports have full-time staff? Or that's more of a mix? It's a mix. It's a mix. It, I, I don't know those numbers okay. right off. All right. All right. <clears throat> Who else? I have a question for Charlotte. You've got 60 tea hangers. Wondering what your waiting list is like compared to ours, but more importantly, if I wanted to build a big box hanger, what's the secret to getting a ground lease and getting that going? Oh, in Cleaver? <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going to take what you share and use it at mine. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you have your you have your ground lease uh, price per square foot, or price a year. Uh, ours is 11 cents a square foot a year. We're one of the cheapest ones in the Metroplex. Trying to generate people to come out and build hangars. Right. Uh, so you would come to me, we'd look at where you want to put the hanger, do 11 cents a square foot, we'd take your idea of what you want for your hanger, take it to the airport board, take it to the council, get everybody's blessing, mm -hmm. and then we get started. Uh, it takes a little bit, you'll have to go through a pre-development meeting to talk about, okay, you're going to put something here, the water's going to move, or are you going to flood your neighbor? You know, so you have to get engineered drawings and all that wonderful things, uh, but it, it's if you understand that it's going to take time working with the city, we can make yes. it go, but you have to have engineer drawings that you can't come and say, okay, I'm going to get a building from, you know. ABC Steel. Right, and, and throw it out there, and I'm done. No, it doesn't work that way, because you have to make sure utilities are coming to it and everything else. How, how, many, how many months would you say of city council work for, for Cleburne? Oh, well, it depends on when I go when I have my paperwork to take to them because mm -hmm. it's like we have to have it ready two weeks in advance of the council meeting. So worst case, when I'm ready to go to council with it, it might take an extra three weeks. Got it. And how long do those ground leases last? When it's over, does the city get back the building and the land? Yes, they have they have that in their ordinance for the city. Uh, it's we'll we'll go 40 years on it and we're looking at doing it based on the amount of money that you spend but currently it just says 40 years it does not say i mean you can build a hundred thousand dollar hangar and have it for 40 years and somebody else come in and build a million dollar hangar and have it for 40 years mm -hmm. Thanks. Thanks. so mm -hmm. all right uh, qu question over here so this kind of tees off that but I think you may have answered it. Why aren't cities, if the major revenue source is hangers, building more hangers, especially if they have the 90-10 and getting private investors to take we don't the 10? use that money <clears throat> for hangers, only for maintaining the pavements of the airport. Center line out. Yes, because hangers are not that important to the FAA. They, they used to do hangers. Years right. ago, they well, used to do Well, you can use hangers. NPE money 
for hangers. What's that? What's that? Non-primary entitlement funds. We receive $150,000 every year to Must use. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the nippiest. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Brad, you need Brad. You need to type. You need to, to uh, tap into some of this alphabet. Well, that, that's the, that's what I was telling you earlier about about the program that's going away. I cannot get into that even if I wanted to because the FAA said, uh, that costs a lot. Let's not put any more airports into the system. Well, and yeah. the thing is, is that you can bank the money and use it, which mm -hmm. like for my large project, that's where it's going. I couldn't put it into hangars. Uh, the city itself at this time, because we're in a transition to we're growing, cannot afford to build the hangars. They're, they've thought about going out for a bond, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but with the, the climate in the, the community at the moment, it probably would not work. But we're looking at it. Because I do have a, a pro-aviation uh, city manager, and I have a pilot yeah. on city council. So that helps. And they all see what the airport brings to the community. So we will get there. It's just going to take a while. And for to me, build I started, you know, I'm, I'm having to think really outside the box just because of our situation. And one of the first things I looked to was, okay, what about business investment? Let's get some guys out here who want to share or build a hangar. Let's see. Well, you get priced out really quick, especially if you're building to lease to other pilots. So you're looking at anywhere and I know right now in pilots' heads, they're going, well, the building's about $24,000 and it's concrete's this much. You're about, you know, eighty dollars to $150,000 in once you get a hangar that's rentable, concrete floor, electricity, all that stuff built, and it's gorgeous. And uh, you're not going to make your money back for another nine, 10 years on that. And business investors today, they don't like anything past three years. Oh, wow. You know, three, and five, five is I am out of the deal completely. Three, I've made my money back. Five, I'm out. And so 10 years is way out of reach for, for that, you know, so. And it's not just as simple as slapping a building there, right? Because right? you've got to do electrical, uh, oftentimes plumbing mm -hmm. and, and things like that. Yeah, so. yeah, you have to take care of that if you're the building owner. Mm -hmm. Wow, know? I was just thinking, I mean, how, how much money do the small municipals make off their hangar rentals? Is it just, is it almost a loss leader as well? Or are you actually getting some funding or funds well, in? I mean, if, if we had volume, it would be okay. But, you know, we're sitting at 150 a month, somewhere in that, in that range. Of course, I know the guys at Hicks are like, oh, 150 a month, that's awesome. You know, right. but, <laughs> but, but we're also not convenient, right? We're not, we're not right next door to work. Right. And so... Uh, so you're only going to have a handful of people out there that even have a plane to hangar. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. So, so all of these things that we we think, and quite honestly, back in the heyday, you know, I was growing up in Hearst when, when I, I was born in '72. I don't know how that makes everybody <laughs> feel, but, but I I was coming in on the tail end of the great stories. By the time I was aware of the aviation industry in Fort Worth, you know, uh, Good had already closed, and and uh, there were a couple of grass strips I would drive by every once in a while. And said, "Wow, something used to happen there," you know, and and so I have that heritage of of the Mangum days and all of that in my head. Like that's how it should be, and we just can't do that kind of stuff anymore. They're just the money doesn't go as far as it used to. The the cities have grown the way uh, uh, cities operate uh, is different these days, and so the the rules have changed. You know, so it's tough. All right. Any any other questions? All right. We do a whole new episode on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right, um, guys, this is 
been eye-opening. Thank you very yeah, much for coming. A lot of information. <laughs> this was good. I feel like we need to organize some big fly-in to go to Dublin and get some, yeah. um, you know, pure cane sugar soda. We can drinks. make a poker run out of it so they hit all of us. Yeah. 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 That'd be fun. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you learned a, a little something here. I know I did. Uh, as always, if you like what you see, uh, subscribe and share, and we'll see you next time. In the hangar.